Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Life, the Australian stock market. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, confident, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018. So I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream. I'm Dale on Gillen YouTube from 7 to 8 p.m. to answer your most burning questions as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in the podcast could not be considered personal financial advice. Talked about the show anyway, but um, if you do have a burning question for us on the right of the screen, is a chat box. So put your questions there. Also, a big hi to anyone new to the show. It's really good to have you on. I know there's a few people just on their first couple of shows. So, but uh, moving on, while Janine's going to get her, hopefully she'll get in here in a second anyway. But we're going to get into the charts. It's uh, the sec- third Tuesday of the month, sorry. It's the third Tuesday of the month, and that means we're going to take a look at world markets. So let's get into having a look at the charts on the world market. Now, on your screen, we've got, uh, well, I've got the, um, well, basically a list, a watch list that I talk about uh, on the market. And as you can see, there's a lot of different um, indices here. Now, this is one month, so this is the month to date. Uh, and in a minute, I'm just going to look at the year to date just to show you a little bit about that. Now, there's a whole lot of different exchanges here, and you can see there's a fairly long list. I'm slowly just taking some of them out here, but you can see at the moment, this month, the Irish Stock Exchange is up 5.32%. Sold, but the Dow Jones has done really, really well, and this is the one that uh, it really is leading the world at the moment. Um, whilst not necessarily in terms of results this month, is actually doing a little bit better. It's up 3.66%, and it has taken that direction, which I thought or had hoped it would do. Now, the CAC is up 3.4, and the NASDAQ 3.11, and the NASDAQ has been the best performing. Um, index in the US, the NASDAQ, then the S&P, then the Dow were the the areas, or the indexes uh, in terms of return so far. So the the, um, NASDAQ has done well, but S&P down at 2.78. And if we keep looking down the Australian All Lord News Index, 1.46%. 1.46%. But let's go to the year to date, and then we're going to go and have a look at some of the charts. So you can see on the screen here again, here's that NASDAQ, 31.57%. So anybody, um, you know, index investing in the NASDAQ or um, buying some of those stocks in there would have done reasonably well. Um, the Irish Stock Exchange still there, 25%, um, followed by the CAC and the DAX, and here's your S&P 24 um, the New Zealand's done really well, 23.4. So for our New Zealand viewers, and I know we do have a few New Zealand viewers, hey, uh, guys, your your exchange is doing quite well. So uh, well done for that. Uh, your Lord's 20.36 for this calendar year. So that's from 1 uh, January. The all uh, the XJO the, is the S&P ASX 200, a little bit lower, 19.84, with the Nikkei down there at 17, Shanghai at 16.5, um, Tokyo down there at 12.86, and FTSE doing really poorly at 8.61. So let's go and have a look at the chart. And the first one I'm going to bring up is the Dow. So what you're seeing, this is the chart I use every uh, Tuesday. 
for my interviews uh, with Jim Beats that I do. And obviously when I'm talking about the Dow, I'm looking at this chart. Now I do use the Dow as the chart of my choice because uh, it really is that one that's been around for such a long time. Um, as, I, as you probably would have heard me say on today's report, if I go right back and I'll hit my little escape button, if I go right back, and zoom it back you can see i've got data back to 1900 on here so it does look a bit strange through here and massive moves through here but this is where when i'm talking about the dow and i'm looking at it i'm actually looking at that whole history because both janine and i have studied the whole history of the dow um, right back to 1900 all its different cycles all the booms the busts, the crashes the whole range of different things that we've actually done so the dow is is really is that metric if i'm looking at what the all lords is doing uh, what i'm actually looking at is using history of the dow could because on the all ordinance index i've really only got data back to about 1980 so studying some of those timing cycles that i talk about these big sort of moves that the market makes it's a little bit easier for my, me to do it on the dow going back over 100 years because if i'm looking at a big move it's say 30 or 50 years um, long well if we've only got data back to 1980 on the all ordinaries index that's about 40 years uh, that roughly just under 40 years that we have data for so therefore i use the s p 500 and the dow to really go back and look at what i'm actually doing but right now the s p 500 is doing really well as i said before but the dow this is the interesting thing look at that it's now broken above all of these highs through here so it's now made a new all-time high it's sitting there at 28,000 or over 28,000 points and importantly broken through this but here's the interesting thing see this gray line i drew this from the 87 crash across previous all-time highs right through to here um, and you can see now it's actually breaking through this through here and so I expect the data keep going up and I think we're going to get up to around that sort of 30,000 over the next three three four months and that that's my real take on the Dow now I'm going to have a quick look at the DAX and you can see the DAX there is moving up quite nicely there it's been bullish the past you know past few weeks this is a monthly chart here so we've seen the last couple of months being a little bit more bearish a uh, bullish sorry um, with a couple of months up there's its previous high there at just over 13,000 points so it's getting close to that but again looking really really nicely bullish and I still think it's got a long way to go so not really sort of giving me any concerns here's the one we looked about here is the FTSE being dragging behind now the FTSE will probably start to play catch up normally when you see a market slower than others uh, like the Dow's the same what happens with us and the Dow or the Australian market and the Dow we get out of sync with each other the Dow might run away and then uh, the Dow will pull back and our market will run away and it, they just take turns but over a hundred years they're pretty even uh, and we could discuss those uh, one day I think there's um, there's a show in there I think for me uh, to talk to you about what the Dow does and what it does in relation to the Australian market but you can see here how the FTSE's really been going sideways since January 2017 but it's not really falling away and that's really suggesting to me that it's just a holding pattern until Brexit and once Brexit happens I think it'll break um, north um, and it'll go through that all-time high and do really really well because the market's not telling us it's really bad because if the market didn't like Brexit you'd see the, this going right down um, looking here at the Hang Seng it's doing quite nice it's been a bit more bearish a little bit more volatile the Asian markets but right now you can see the last bars a lot of indecision so I suggest we may see the downward move continue over the coming months or so so it is looking really 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 good but uh, that's my take 
on the Australia, the world market at this point in time. And as you can see, we've just snuck Janine in on the set. So how are you? They beamed me in, Scotty. <laughs> we beamed you in, Scotty. I just hit the button and you came in. <laughs> like magic. <laughs> so, so, I just um, said uh, you had a few issues. And I didn't say that you had issues with your hair much. or your makeup or any girly things. <laughs> so that would, okay. be, that would have been sexist of me. But, uh, yes, it would have. But it's nice to have Good you to back. see you. Mm. It is. I got to say something without you interrupting. Oh, really? Oh, honey, joking. Gee, that's a bit cheeky, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. It's all right, just keep him under the table. No, that's fine. Do you have anything to talk about with the market or anything? Or? Look, I agree with everything you said. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about the Dow. It's, it's good, isn't it? It, it? it is. It really is nice, and I think. But it's interesting. I'm still getting emails from people going, oh, I don't it's like the crash. markets. They're going to crash. Oh, I'm going to gold. Oh, I'm getting out of the market. I'm selling all my stocks. I'm thinking, what the? Yeah. Like, seriously. What picture are they looking what? at? I don't know. Some, some planet. And then you get people going, oh, I don't let, like this stock because it's doing this. And I was like, well, what research and analysis are you doing? And I think mm. I think most people put a blindfold on and throw a dart at a dartboard and go, okay, I'm buying or selling. Look, I think it's as mm. simple as this, though, because I think that what happens is if you're following someone in the commentary, mm. you start to trust them. Mm. And then what happens is, and I see this with, I, I did it myself when I first started looking at the share market. I, there were certain columnists that I followed. Mm. And what happens then is you end up believing what they're saying mm. and follow the fear. Yeah, you do. And that's the thing is, and it's, it's, it's really interesting how people's pick up on words mm. that people say. You know, if I say something like, oh, look, I think the market's looking weak, people go, oh, my God, it's going to crash. Mm. And it's not. I'm just saying it's looking a bit weak. So, and people just tend to You have to be careful what you say these days, don't you? Oh, look, I do. I do. Not just at home. Oh, I didn't say that either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you always do. <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things. People take take us out of context all the time and so mm. it's very very hard to be a market commentator and because people do take you out of context all the time they go you said this and i'm mm. like well, on what planet did i say that you know i don't know how many times we've had an email going hey dale said this or janine said that and we're going nope and mm. we watch the recording and we go where how you know, did they get that out of what get, we said get that mm. out anyway but let's go into the emails now so now you're settled down so awesome. take a breath you um, from that but uh, we'll get into looking some of the emails but i wanted to show you share with one that i got from one of our students or one of our current oh, students mike um, of ours and i thought all of our viewers would like to see uh we'll see it um and, and what because many are aspiring to what mike's mm. actually doing and just to give you a tiny little bit of background on Mike before we show you his email. Um, Mike was is a was a Queensland police man. Queensland, he's about six foot something. He's about six foot mountain size, um, dwarfs me. Um, retired last, I think it was last year. He retired from the police force, roughly, I think, from memory. Um, he bought my first book, read that, made money. Bought our trading mentor course, made all the money on that one to pay for the course, and then he used that to fund his diploma course. Then he used that to fund the advanced course that is on now. So that's how his progression is over the past, what, four years-ish? Yeah. Roughly. And just more recently, we get emails mm. from him regularly. Saying we always get emails. He's just a lovely bloke. Course. But uh, right now, there's always one thing. I always ask people what their goals are. And with, with Mike, he said, my goal was to go on a cruise. And that's what he said to me. I want to go on a cruise. And I said, okay, great. I said, when you go on a cruise, I want a photo. Well, anyway, Mike sent this email in to me about a week ago because I did ask him to send me some photos. And, and Mike's email says, hi, Dale, um, Janine and Emma. Emma is one of his uh, assessors or coaches. He said, my wife and myself are enjoying our New Zealand boat cruise. Thanks to Wealth Within. Um, cruise paid for with part of profits from one trade. Tailored dinner jacket likewise paid for with part of profits from one trade. Tailored bow tie 
and shirt paid for with part of profits from one trade. Thanking the Wealth Within team for making me profitable. Cheers, uh, Mike and Karen. And then I emailed Mike to congratulate him and said, oh, well done, maybe that was your goal. Like he wanted to do that and he did tell me he was getting a tailor-made jacket and I said, send the photo in. So I don't know whether the team's put that up for you, but um, if they have, you'll see Mike. Um, but uh, he came back to me after I said, congratulated him. He said, Darth, thanks for those kind words, but the credit must go to the Wealth Within team for the support given to me both trading and academically for my modest success in trading the market. As you know, I have a long way to go on my share trading journey and a lot of rough edges with my trading and studies to sort out with the help from the Wealth Within team. Um, I've set a goal to get a balcony and then a mini suite cabin for future cruises when my share trading profits reach that level. Uh, thanks go to you and the Wealth Within team. Cheers, Mike. Lovely guy. You can actually get on our website and actually see a, a little video of Mike having a chat. Uh, I actually well. said to him that I'm going to get him to recommend what cruises to go on because he's actually been on more than one. He's now been on more than one. Yes, he has now. This is like his second or third. He's coming. He's a cruiserholic now. Mm. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, now we've got an email from Roberto who asks, Hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for your great job on the show live every Tuesday. I've just started tuning in a couple of weeks ago and tried uh, to to live chat with you. I've started trading without any knowledge and then I've read your first book, that's Dale's book, watched your DVDs. Now I just ordered your second book. Look forward to receiving it. Anyway, I bought SGR, which is the company that I have been working with back in 2017 at 523 with the buy and hold strategy. And I know um, it's, it's not you teach, but I bought it before knowing you and also see directly the inside um, Dyer Cole goal of the his company. His English is really good, isn't it? So. Um, an improvement made. He's making a good effort. He's making um, good effort. Made more confident on keeping the stock. Thus, I decided to hold at any cost, even when they were down at 376, 40% from their all-time high. Mm. I've actually bought some more shares uh, along the downtrend as well as at the bottom, 376. Now looks like it's on the uptrend again. Not sure. Please confirm. And I'm looking to sell it when I will gain a good profit. But I would love to hear from you your thoughts and suggestions on the stock. It would be great to see you looking at this stock on the live show. Oh, there's more. <laughs> also, you both often talk about rules to get in and get out of a stock. Will the new book explain these rules? Thanks again for your work. Um, really appreciate it, Roberto. There you go. That's a long That's question. A big one, isn't so it? we're going to bring up his stock, aren't we? So let's yeah, go into. It. I'll bring up his stock while you answer his other questions. Okay. Can so you remember them now? Yeah. So he was actually looking at the trends mm -hmm. and wanting to know um, if he bought the stock. Um, yep. So SGR. Should he sell it and, and what sort of rules? So did we want to show him something on the chart or not? Yeah, we can show him jumping on the chart. So we'll bring up yeah. the chart so on the screen. But there's Star a couple. Star Entertainment, of... which is an interesting company. It's quite volatile, actually. Mm. This particular one. Um, I think it was an offshoot, wasn't it, from Crown? Was that what that was? Star, that I don't think it was, no. I don't when think it floated it was. in 2011, I just remember a whole hoo ha mm -hmm. about it when it floated, and I thought, well, okay, mm -hmm. let's see what happens to this share because. Dale and I had been talking about how so many shares would fall significantly after the float and then we saw this mm. one drop dramatically and you can see on the left hand side of the chart how it actually fell mm. pretty swiftly from around uh, $4 mark right down to around $2.20 so you know losing around half its value mm. which is not uh, you know that's familiar territory for us when we look at IPOs we see that all the time which is why we don't dabble in that IPO market at all. Yeah, so that was a $2.20 down in Yeah, there, that so, yeah. low in February 2014. So it took a few
few years to get there, but still, I mean, it's all of that lost opportunity in holding on to that stock all that time, even though the share's mm. greater than, the price is greater than what it was when it listed. Um, you can see it's not mm. too much greater. So if I actually go and put on, have a look at where it opened at, which is over here, and then to the right, you can see there, um, it's only made, now let, I'll just drag this across. <laughs> I hate it when this thing does this and it gets stuck there. there. It's about 15% over that all of that time, which is just ridiculous. Seven and it's why you just don't hold these sort of shares, particularly getting them off the float. So what mm. often happens on these floats, particularly if there's a lot of um, you know marketing hype beforehand, that they actually rise quite strongly. But looking at the stock right now, Roberto, I actually like it. I think it mm. looks really, really nice. And, it's, and you are right, it's actually moved up. Um, whether it's in an uptrend or not, we'll I mean, our students will be able to tell you that, whether it meets the rules or not. And looking at it quickly, it might be fall short, just short of meeting those rules. But it has crossed over a trend line by the look of it, if we were to draw it. Um, and in, in Dale's book, he does talk about trend lines. He goes through the rules in the How to Beat the Managed Funds and um, puts it into a bigger picture perspective too in, in the new book. And there are a number of different mm. angles that Dale looks at in the new book, not just the trend line rules, but also looking at the macro and how that influences the trading decisions, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously the new book is the next level up from mm. the, the my first book that you've already read. But do I go into a lot of technical analysis? No, there there is absolutely shed loads of videos out there and books on technical analysis. And if if you saw my market report yesterday, you'll know that I answered this question um, on um, on that market report. But basically, every day, every week, we get dozens of traders ringing us up, emailing us who have been studying technical analysis for one to 15 years or more and still don't get it right because they've been reading books and watching YouTube videos. So um, I'm never going to write a full book, book all on technical analysis because it just would not work for you. Because just understanding what a technique is like a trend line is, and you can intellectually understand that, but can you draw them? No, because um, I know most people that are watching tonight uh, would have heard of the term trend lines. Most of you would um, maybe even experience, or a lot of you may have even experienced what you think a trend line is, but I can guarantee, unless you're one of our students, there's a 99.9% .9 probability that you can't draw them properly. Even when yeah. even when the students have mm. the rules there and they're learning them, they make mistakes, they oh, miss yeah, things. The that, you know, that's why, that, that's why it's important to have mm. the support and the mentoring along the way. Yeah, it's not about just finding out what something is. And, and mm. a book is, it's it, like I was saying to a gentleman yesterday, who I was chatting with and I can't remember exactly what his role was um, but he, he had degrees and everything else and I said mate could I follow you around for a weekend or even a week and then do your job properly and he went not a hope in hell so I said well how do you think you can do mine by reading a book or just following me around for a few days it's not possible so that's really what it's about mm. isn't it yeah. um, from there but let's go on to the next question I'll okay. just pick it let's all up let's get into the, into the chat and see what other questions there so, are so but um but first, before we do, just remember, do sorry. We're getting into the chat? Hey, we will I want to get into the stocks. We will get into the stocks in a second. So let me go in there. There's some stocks on here. Now, I've found there's New Farm is the first one. So if we go to the charts, okay. you can run the mouse and I'll go and look oh, on gee, the chat. So New Farm. <laughs> and I forget who it was. And okay. I'll go to the top. While you're doing that, New Farm looks a lot better than it has in a long time. However, we can see this big gap here on the right-hand side on the weekly chart. And for any of you who have been following the program, you know that more than often than not, a stock will come back to fill 
big gaps on the chart. Now, I think this was part of a corporate action. Wasn't there a takeover or was there some sort of announcement that drove the price up originally? I, I uh, there was something was a little farm. while ago. And that got it's not a, one that I'm following specifically. A lot of people got interested in it yeah. because and so of all of that. Yeah. Often when those sort of corporate actions happen or there's a, a takeover mm -hmm. um, or, or there's been a buyout or something, um, that the share price will stick around, up around that price where the announcement was made and just hover around there. If there's doubt about whether it will proceed, then often the stock mm. will fall away a little bit before it then comes back up. So okay, so this was, uh, to give you the question, it was from Chris G. He says, hi, Dale and Janine, I purchased New Farm on the 9th of September. Yeah, so okay. So purchased on the 9th of September. So it's here, yes. Um, and whilst it's in profit, I'm wondering what your thoughts and how long do you let, that, let a stock that you can't get a trend line on drop before you exit. Um, then he goes on to say, I know you recommend 15% okay. typically, but this would erode nearly all profit. Do I just stick with it and let profits run? Also, would love your thoughts on ECX bought at $1.65. But just on this, if you've got good stocks, and I think that's this is the really thing, it's, you'll always see, see stocks that will run away from your trend line or you may not be able to get a trend line on. But if you're buying good stocks and they run on trends, then the chances of you getting a trend line on it are very, very high. The reason why people second guess things is because they don't trust their rules um, and they then make emotional decisions. So if I was looking at this stock right now, I'd have a couple of different rules on it for my exit strategy because obviously you're in profit at the moment. There's that huge big gap that uh, Janine talked about that's right through here. So right now it's got a bearish bar here. It's not pushing through. So will it fall away? Possibly, but what are your other rules? And that's the thing is, and, and a lot of traders will just sell out and, and miss out on the next run because they're afraid of losing some of their profits. So it's just about having better rules. That's why we teach mm. more than one rule. Mm. Mm. Because yeah. you, you can't just have one rule for all mm. stocks. One size does not fit all. Yeah, so it's pretty good. So let's move on. So the next stock we've got there is, um, I can't remember. It is ECX. ECX, and I'll find out who that is. Well, this has come off a bottom now. So, oh, so it's the same guy. This, this is Chris, sorry. Okay, so this is the sort of volatility you can expect to see on a stock like this. Just have a look at how far it fell. Almost 100% of its value and then it has recovered somewhat but imagine the people who purchased up here did he have a specific question about or tell us when no, he I purchased just said it? I had a look at it okay so looking at it um, you know if you purchased it up here somewhere in 2017 then you would have almost done your dough and it may not recover back up to those levels for a long time at the moment it's starting to show some support for prices around $1.60 $1.70 but it could just as easily slip below this low here in November 2019 which would mean that it's more likely to come back to sort of $1.40 $1.30 levels if it actually goes through this high up here, then I'd be expecting it to continue to trade higher and, and could head to somewhere around the 230, 250 mark um, as part of that move. But right now it's a bit dubious really as to which way it's gonna go. It's just sideways really. And hence you see all of the opens and closes at the same price. Monthly charts indicating that it's more likely to come back as well, just looking at that. So I would say that, um, you know, if you were looking to purchase, I'd say if you haven't already bought it, in your, you know, there's some rules here, even in the trading mentor course that could have allowed you to purchase this stock and you'd have a really nice profit sitting there on it. Uh, but if you haven't got it at the moment, I wouldn't be suggesting is, now's a good time to purchase it. I wouldn't be looking at this stock myself. So that's just something, but that's me, but I'm a bit more conservative. I'm not um, necessarily into stocks like this particular one. Okay, so, that's so let's ECX. move on. So we'll go to Francois. He yep. says, I own Len Lease, so that's the next one. Okay, Len Lease uh, is actually yeah. looking really fantastic mm -hmm. at the moment. It's actually proven itself. It's moved on. Mm -hmm. 
for a while there, I actually thought it was going to fall away. You'll note that there's a close here in August 2019. The following week, it actually pushed up really strongly and has continued to trend higher. So looking at that, it's really unusual to see that trough lower than this one here mm. and then for the stock just to go straight up without any, um, you know, completely unabated. So, you know, I reckon it's in a in no man's land at the moment because mm. that's just really unusual well, let me for read a the share question. to do that. Mm. So, because you just jump into the chart straight away. Okay. Um, he's saying, I own Len Lease and bought in at 1509. So he's bought in yep, not so too far here, away. So it's okay. So about 1509. Um, Dale, you mentioned yesterday that it looks like it could fall over. What does that mean? Thanks for your time. Now, again, this is like... What does that mean, putting it that, in context? Yeah, what does it mean in context, like we were talking about before, where people take things out of context? Because you're looking at the stock. If we have a look at this stock... When, when did I, you mention that, anyway? Yesterday on my report. Okay. I actually looked at the stock. Right. So if we're looking at this, we've got how many months up? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine months up. We've had one pullback here. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six... Six and a half months straight up. And have a look at this. How many months does it do six and a half months without coming down at least once? Yeah. It just doesn't, it's rare. Like here, that's about it. But we're talking now we're back at the 2000. So all I was saying is it's just going to come back a little bit. So it's nothing to be worried about, eh? zero. So what you're saying it. is history is telling mm. you that it's unusual for this stock to rise that long and therefore it mm. needs to take a breather. Yeah. And and I think what it's looking like it's actually mm. going on a slow train now. See, the opens Correct. and closes are getting closer together. Yeah, and that and was that, the other thing I said. Mm. It was just slowing down yeah. a little bit. So, yeah, so nothing mm. major. So let's look at, I've got another stock. So we'll do one more stock before we get into our main topic for tonight. So I'm going to have another look at another stock, but we've got one from, where is it? A2 Milk from RB. Okay. So we haven't had one from RB for a while. He's saying, what's your opinion about it? So hope you guys are doing well. I'm looking at buying uh, buying A2 Milk. So thanks, RB. We are well. Um, Janine's now caught her breath and she's settling into it nicely tonight. Thank you. Uh, look, looking at this stock, I don't. despite the strong rise, there's no reason on this chart right now to be purchasing the share. Um, looking at it, there's a really steep um, trend down there. Maybe you could get a trend line in there. If we did, then maybe that would change my mind. Let's just have a look. I'm a fair way from the screen here. So look, there is actually a line in there and Dale might disqualify it. You tell me whether you're happy with that line. Um, so it so it looks like we might be able to get one in there, but you know the students can tell me whether that's valid or not. Um, but over the over the last couple of weeks, it's actually moved in the right direction. But just look at the monthly chart. See how you've got this outside bar. Now look, let's go back sometime. I'll just open this chart up. See how it did the same sort of thing here in August 2018. There was this really strong rise, and then it went sideways for a bit and down. Stocks often repeat patterns. So I'm not saying that this is actually going to fall away right now. That's not the point. It's a question of is it going to continue to rise strongly from, from this point on? Well, I'd say that it's more likely to have a little bit of a slowdown um, and just take its breath. Now, it's gapped up, so there might have been some news with the stock. Has anyone um, got any feedback on A2 Milk? Um, this was actually the day's move, so I actually haven't picked this up on the feed today. Has anyone picked that up? Uh, as um, to what's happening with A2 know, Milk. We'll have a look. Nobody's written anything so, yet. So it's actually gapped up by, let's have a look here, uh, about 17.5%, which is nice if you actually were in the stock already. However, um, you know, it would have been pretty, um, you know, dubious trying to pick it at these lows because it, was, it there was no real indication of being able to get into it. So more fluke than um, fa a fancy um, 
guess, I would, or a fancy guess, I would say. But looking at that, you've got resistance all the way across here at around the $14 mark. So look, at the moment, I'm just saying, look at the, the news and see what's going on. If you're, if you're holding the stock, obviously, you'll, if it was me and I was holding the stock, I would continue to hold. Um, if I was looking to purchase, I wouldn't be doing that now, not without mm -hmm. fully understanding the reason for that gap up. And, um, and knowing if it's some sort of takeover, you're unlikely to get much mm. more in it unless there's a, some mm. sort of competition out there for the share price. Yeah, it's not doing enough for me at mm. the moment. I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. not quite doing enough. Yeah, it's gone up. But well, not, not only that, I'd want to know why it's done that first. You've you got to remember, mm. this is a stock that everybody wanted to get in for the past 18 months or two years. So you're getting those people that missed out on the last run. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, going, mm. oh, geez, it's going up. Let's jump in now. It's gone up a lot. Now. Let's get it now. But mm. there might only be a small amount of those people. And if they run out of steam, then the stock's going to fall back if the overall market and the big mm. end of town think this stock shouldn't be at the prices it's at. And I'm not saying they are saying that, but right now it's not telling us mm. enough that it's yeah, that's correct. A good point. But, um, now, while we're doing I've got a couple of questions from okay. people. But before I ask the question, remember, hit that subscribe button, guys. So that big red button that says subscribe on it. So hit that. Be helping us out at the show. And remember to hit the like button too, because that really does help us as well. But I've got a couple of questions. Another one from Francois, but it's not on a stock. Right. And I've got another one. So the question is, and I'll read it. He said, P.S. Dale, um, did you say no? No one took up the offer you had two weeks ago signing up for the diploma course. Is the offer still open? Um, the offer was basically I wanted one person to mentor um, in my 10 traders because I had an opening for that. Um, what actually happened is I had four or five people just send their application straight in. Um, and so I had to mentor all five because how do you pick between five people mm. which one it is? You'd because be unpopular. I, and it's like otherwise <laughs> I'd have to sit there and interview them and then pick them out and then somebody would be upset. So the answer is absolutely, definitely not. It's not open again, but you can um, enroll in the diploma course and you'll still get mentored by the team and everything else. This is just a separate thing that I'm doing on the sideline. But I'd love to have you as a student anyway. Um, but that's the answer to your question. Um, but uh, next question I had for was from somebody says S.A. Wilson. I'm not sure what your first name is, but evening. Do you have a favorite stock of all time? A stock you may have <laughs> fallen in love with over the years and traded many, many times. And um, the only thing I've fallen in love with is my wife and uh, stocks generally. And that's not me. Can we please clarify and, that? And that is def I had. <laughs> You know how many people have said that? Yeah, I had a, I had a phone call and I just took a phone call on um, yesterday with a guy um, and he goes, oh, your wife and you and my, you and your wife, I watch you on the TV all the time. And it's like, no, this is not my wife. Um, <laughs> we're very close, but it's not my wife <laughs> from that point of view. But They're very close and they do work together. Yeah, and they, yes, yes. We, my wife works with us all the time and Janine's just as close to my wife as um, I am as well, or actually not quite as close <laughs> from that point of view. But, uh, but it is. Janine and I, if you get to know us, you'll actually really understand there is zero chance of Janine and I ever falling in love with the stock. We just do not do it. They're stocks to us. And we're the same with property. Like, you know, we both own investment properties, but we couldn't care less whether we own it or sell it. It's not making money, we get rid of it. If it's making money, we're keeping it. It's pretty much Actually, as one thing as I said to one of my students that I'm mm. mentoring through the, because we have a support program when you get mm. to module four mm. in the diploma, I answer a lot of your emails. So mm. I work with you and it's like a one-on-one -on -one almost. Um, you email in questions, talk to me about the stocks that you're looking at. We go through your analysis. Now, this particular mm. person told me that, mm. um, that they were, um, 
really struggling with the concept of being able to identify um, a stock and mm. for pick, picking a stock. So they were really struggling with it. And when um, we actually sat down and looked at all the issues to do with the why they were struggling with it, it came out that um, I think that they they knew that their stuff, but mm-hmm. they just had the fear of um, of not being able to move forward. Like that was a big thing. And so that's why whether you're on Dale's mentoring program or whether you come and do the diploma and you get to module four, we get rid of a lot of those those um, fears along the way and allow you to mm. be able to move forward and to be able to trade really, really well. Yeah, mm. you still get mentoring on the diploma course by, mm. by my team. So there's lots of people on my team that are traders. Well, it's the assessors as well, the, isn't it? Well, that, that's that the assessment doing that team. Part. Plus then, as you said, a module four and five, you and me. But yeah. these other traders, it's a little bit different. They've got to be video on, videoed and by, you know, by me and ask questions and things like that, and, mm. uh, et cetera. So there's a bit of a take I just wanted here. to make that clear because I thought mm. that, you know, it's not, it's not like if someone missed out on the mentoring with Dale that they don't get that, which is what you said before. Yes. But I just thought you but didn't expand on it. people take it out of context. That well, yeah, because it's you are mm. getting a lot mm. when you come through, especially with the trading essentials, though. I mean, with the mentoring, you mm. actually call them, don't you? Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the difference because with the with mm. mentoring on module four, that you, it's it's really up to you to email in to start working on what you need to work on, and then well, it's reactive. Well, it is, but to a degree, some of the the guys that mm. email me, they actually say, "I'm sorry mm. that I haven't emailed you for a while." Mm, they do, don't uh, they? Yeah, because <laughs> um, and I think Barry, who's on the chat, often you know he. They, they they actually joke mm. about the fact that I'm going to give them a hard time if they haven't done them. Well, yeah, that's where tough done what they're supposed that, to do. Know, good mm. mentors will actually help you get to where you want to go, and and that's really what it's about. And this gentleman I was talking to yesterday who rang up about our course, who's going to do our course, uh, he said he's been you know watching videos and reading books for the last sort of over 12 months and. I said, so where are you today? And he goes, I haven't placed a trade yet. And I went, why not? And he goes, because I just haven't felt that I could do that. Mm. Um, and I said, oh, okay, so how much How much time? And he asked me how much time the course was. And he goes, oh, okay, that's a reasonable time. I said, how much time are you spending doing what you're doing now? Yeah, that's and he a good goes, question. he goes, at least what that is. And I went, sure. and where are you now? And he went, nowhere. And I said, if you'd done the course 12 months ago, you'd be trading. Mm. So you tell me what it's costing you. Mm-hmm. And he went, that makes sense, doesn't it? So, yeah, I know. There's been quite a few mm. people that have said to me, I don't have the mm. time to do it. And I said, well, what, what time are you spending watching television? How much time mm. are you spending on your phone, mm. um, on chat forums or on Facebook and mm. different things? You do. Yeah. Everybody's got the time. They have. And that's mm. the thing is it's just making it, oh, I just skipped through our thing. Sorry, I better go back because it's... Um, oh, I've just skipped through my whole thing. So let's go into... <laughs> um, where are we now? I've just lost my place on our on our script. So let's go and have a look at a stock. Yes, so I let's think go that's and a great idea. You were so actually going to bring up another I one. I was. I was going to bring up another STO, one. STO, was it? So no, no, no. We can make ANZ because I've had a ANZ? lot of people asking me about ANZ at this point in time. So right. um, quite a few people asking me about if it's going to get over twenty eight dollars, and I think I've had about three or four. Yeah, but the question is when. <laughs> yeah, when. <laughs> and looking at um, ANZ, you can see on the monthly chart serious resistance across here. You can see a number of peaks here mm. in October 2015. Again, a short-term one in October 16. Funny about that, that it's happening each year. It is. And October 2017. 
You want to guess where the next one is? <laughs> it wasn't October 2018. It wasn't. It was August. <laughs> um, and then again here, we've got um, May 2019. So a lot of resistance across here. And notice how it's fallen away and left a gap on the monthly chart. Very rare does a stock leave a gap on a monthly chart and not fill it. The question is, when will it fill it? Now, we may see the bank move sideways for a little bit mm -hmm. before it tries to push back up. But right now, because it's actually pushed down the way it has, there is a risk that it could continue to fall and take out this low here. Now, it's not about being reactive and saying, oh, well, look, if I'm holding the stock to it, should I get out of it? Now, I mean, if mm -hmm. I was, I wouldn't be holding the stock right now. No. That's just because I just don't like ANZ. I haven't liked it for a long time. And uh, same with NAB. But looking at... Um, the gap that's there it could move up and fill it. If it moves up and fills it in the short term, then that's not necessarily a good thing either mm. because it could just continue to drop away. But looking at ANZ, I'll just quickly switch to the weekly chart because um, it looks worse, doesn't it? Yeah, we well, can see where it paid chart. a dividend. It paid a 3% dividend year last week. Yeah, and that's actually not a bad move. Like mm. looking at the degree that it fell as when it paid the dividend, mm. I'd be you know, reasonably happy with that move down, but it just looks mm. awful the way that it's unfolded. It's not a bullish move. Like notice how it unfolded back here in 2016 and you'll see that it was more mm. of a consolidation and then a push up. This is a consolidation and a push down. Yeah, it's mm. not looking good anyway. Yep. So I think we better move on the now. The money's otherwise. not behind it. We're okay, running a little bit behind tonight. We've got the topic tonight. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but it is time for our tonight's topic, which is passive versus active investment uh, investing and we can subtitle it after my first book learn how to beat the managed funds by 20 percent so but now janine much has been written about the benefits of active versus passive investing in fact i think it's a, an argument that happens all the time doesn't it, it I is. think so you and me have it constant. so many times with so many people um, that uh, that argument between passive versus active investing and whether it's more beneficial um, and what one approach is an error inevitably more popular than the other. But before we get into that, why don't we explain the differences? Broadly speaking, active investing is defined as the process of researching and picking the best stocks to buy or hiring a professional fund manager who takes an active approach to do it for you. This is what we do for clients all the time as we are considered active fund managers. Now, we're quite conservative as mm. well. The underlying assumption, assumption in this process is that it is better to hold certain stocks over others in an attempt to outperform the market as measured by a benchmark or index. Now, in contrast, the passive investor aims to replicate the returns of an index at the lowest possible cost with the least amount of effort. Why would you want to do that? Mm. While some investors relish the challenge of trying to pick their own stocks, others are happy to let someone else like us do the work for them. But let me say that the active versus passive decision doesn't have to be one or the other choice. Investors can combine the two. Now, generally speaking, a passive investor is someone who has little or no time in which to select and manage their stock. That's why mm. they're passive um, or in their portfolio, yet they still want to achieve good returns over the medium to long term. Now, if this is you, then as we've talked about in the past, we recommend you stick to the top 20 stocks in the share market and really look to hold between 8 to 12 stocks at any one time so, there's, so as you don't over-diversify your portfolio. Now, whilst it's not advisable to embrace a set and forget or buy and hold mentality, these stocks are the top stocks in the market for a really good reason. Therefore, they're more forgiving if you make mistakes. That said, if you do decide to buy and hold, you must accept the potential risk that you're taking is higher, meaning the rewards will be lower than if you actively manage your portfolio on a regular basis. 
Now, what we often see with investors as their capital grows is that they decide to take a more active approach. From experience, I've found that once the passive investor begins to make money, they miraculously find more time to <laughs> devote to manage their, managing their investments. Happens Funny all the about time. that. An active investor, as the name suggests, is someone who is more active in selecting stocks and managing their portfolio, dedicating a few hours a month. Again, due to time constraints, the active investor's knowledge of the stock market is generally limited, although they do recognise that taking an active approach to managing their portfolio has the potential to optimise their returns. Sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> it does sound familiar, doesn't it? Now, typically, an active investor turns over, on average, 20 to 30% of their stocks in their portfolio in a year. Now, this can that's be... That's an individual, is it? That's an individual okay. uh, can do that. And it can be more depending on the individual, mm. but we're talking about generalising here and people do turn over their stocks, although this really will depend on market conditions. Uh, if the more, In a more, more volatile market, the more turnover occurs. Now, given that the active investor is often constrained by time, again, we recommend developing a portfolio between 8 and 12 stocks from the top 20 on the market. Although, depending on your level of knowledge, you may also want to consider stocks out to the top 50. Now, as your circumstances change and you have more time, you want to, uh, may want to widen your horizons to include a few more stocks from the top 50 to 150. The more you go out, the more time you're going to need to manage your portfolio. Um, although this will depend on the portfolio style you actually select. If you are new to the stock market and you may want to manage part of your portfolio actively, up until the point you build your knowledge and confidence level, for example, if you've got 50000 to invest and some may be sitting out there saying, I don't have anywhere near close to that. But if you do or you have more, you may want to place 70% in a passive investment strategy and actively manage the other 30%. So it's not having all mm. of your, you know, your ideas or everything in one um, basket. And as your confidence and knowledge increases, then you increase the amount that you're being that's being actively managed over time while still maintaining a maximum of 12 stocks. Mm. For those of you watching this channel regularly, you'll know that we are not big advocates of over-diversification. Why? because it exposes you to almost almost exclusively to market risk, which cannot be eliminated by diversification. In fact, research has proven you only require between 15 and 12 stocks in a portfolio. Five. 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 15 and 12. Oh, goodness me. It's a bit of a spit it out. Now, I would actually say, go so far mm -hmm. as to say eight and 12 stocks, because people take mm -hmm. us out of contacts on... Yeah. context on that five. So I often find the inexperienced look at that and then they think, okay, I'm only going to buy five stocks, therefore I'll have 20% in each of my money. Mm. When that means, when you look at it, the amount of risk you're taking in every individual position is much higher than if you've got, say, eight to 12. Mm. So when we're running the fund, we actually have, we start with 10, but we can go out to 12 in, a, in investors uh, or clients. Traders, we have traders who invest with us as well and mm. just don't want to be managing all of the money themselves. So but that five that, yeah. is more, historically, it's more about traders who are mm. just trading shorter term, typically. Um, even in this, like if they're trading leverage markets, they'll be focusing on fewer stocks, won't they? Yeah, yeah. The more the, the more you don't have the knowledge or the least amount of knowledge and the more least amount of experience you have, the more you should be at 12 end. At the at 12 end. And if you're quite experienced and you're quite knowledgeable, then you can be at the 5 end, which is really yeah. what we're saying. Here. I'd also go so far mm. as to say that even if you do have the experience, that you can mm. be at the high end and be it closer to 12 mm. if you've got a mm. medium to longer term strategy where you're just mm. wanting to just over time not put so much time and effort into your portfolio each week mm. and over time bring the 
the bulk of the reward from mm. that bigger picture portfolio. Because mm. generally, even um, some of the, the mm. traders that we've had that, that um, worked with us, and they want to trade higher risk or higher moving markets, they don't put much a lot of money into that side of it. They put the bulk of it. And it, for some of them, I remember them telling us that it took a long time for them to work that out. Yeah, it did. And it, and we get emails mm. like that all the time from people who, the, the le- people with the least amount of knowledge want to take on the highest amount of risk, which mm. is really silly. Um, and they're, they're buying the most volatile, illiquid stocks, thinking they're going to make more money, and they're trading more, thinking they're going to make more money. And yet, one, when they actually learn how to trade, they actually flip, and that's where the challenge mm. we have. We have to deprogram these people when they start doing our courses to tell them a better way because they keep thinking the opposite of what's actually true. Trading more doesn't make more money. Yeah, exactly. It's just more trading, and you're making more money for the brokers. Good trading makes you more money, and you trade buy low, sell high, however long that takes. And we see questions even tonight, mm. you know, where do I get out? Well, you get out when the stock tells you to get out, not just because you're guessing at it. Yeah, but when uh, people are panicking or they're nervous about their share, mm. it's just the same old thing that means that you don't have exit rules or you're not confident mm. about those rules yet. Yeah. But just one more thing on yeah. that five, mm. the five to 12, is that if you're actually new to the market mm. and you're wanting to start building your portfolio up, Dale's talked before about, mm. you know, Try to start off with five if you can, mm. and then buy the sixth position, and then the seventh position, and so on and so on, yep. until you build up to a, a good number of shares in your portfolio. Mm. Yeah. Now, many of you watching tonight would be aware that I proved how you can achieve very profitable returns by investing directly, um, and I do that in my best-selling, my first book, my best-selling first book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, and more recently in my newer book, Accelerate Your Wealth, It's Your Money, Your Choice. Now, my intention, my intention uh, when I wrote these books was to show how by implementing some really simple yet effective investment strategies, you could earn much more than the average return you would receive when investing in a managed fund or when trading the stock market for most people. Now, effectively, I wanted to demonstrate how if the managed funds were returning 10%, you could just make 12% because that just makes sense, doesn't it? That's Mm. 20% more than a managed fund. 2% of 10% is 20%. Um, and it would appear from the ton of feedback that I've gotten over the years that the simplicity of these strategies that I did outline in my books uh, not only amazed many readers but inspired a lot to take control and invest directly themselves. And in doing so, they so they achieved very uh, rewarding returns. In fact, my first book, so many people emailed saying they completely missed the GFC. So if you got slammed in the GFC, go and get the book. Uh, it'll never happen again. Um, but so... People also ask me also how rewarding was the results from my book, uh, and they do that all the time. Now, would it surprise you to know the average annual return I achieved trading the top 20 stocks on the Australian market from the 31st of January 1997 to the 30th of January 2007, as outlined in my first book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, was 52.09%, which equates to an annual compounded return of 20.03%, an annual compounded return of 20.03%. But in comparison, the managed funds averaged an annual return of around 8.4% over the same period. Now, 
Between the 31st of January 1997 and the 30th of January 2007, the compounded return, uh, if you invest directly, it says there 20.03% versus the managed funds, 8.4%. So mm-hmm. you can see how it did much, much better. Now, in your most recent book, Accelerate mm-hmm. Your Wealth, we continued with that process to invest from the 2nd of January 2007 to 31 December 2016, taking into account the GFC. And we did this so that we could demonstrate why the strategies outlined in the books are so powerful, even in the worst market conditions imaginable. The gain achieved from capital growth and dividends during this period, taking into account all corporate actions, equates to 225.82% or an average annual return of 22.58. This equates to a compound rate of about 12.5% pretty good. In Mm. comparison, over the same 10-year period, the managed funds returned 4.6% as published by CanStar. Now, it really gets... Mm. Actually, before I go through that last (laughs) little bit, um, it really gets my Mm. goat how, at the moment, because the managed funds are actually measuring from the lows Mm. post the GFC, investors go and they look at the returns that they're offering. And the first thing I say to them is go and ask them for their returns during the GFC or to take into account the fall in the GFC, where was where were their portfolios sitting as at March 2009? Get a 20-year return and see what it is. Yeah, and see what... Yeah, 20 but mm. even just to go back mm. and look at what their returns were back then and ask for that and see what mm. they were doing because chances are for a lot of those funds, they lost between 30 and 50%. Some of them, the highly leveraged, there were some that were actually leveraged Um, portfolios, not in super funds, obviously, but outside of that, that actually really got into some strife during that period. How many people came to us who had lost 50 Mm. to 90% on their portfolio over between that sort of 2007 high and about 2010? Yeah, there were so many. truckloads of people coming to us who were in Mm. the managed funds that just lost lots of money. Uh, And so, but people that bought my book just blew through the GFC, didn't even know it was there because all they yeah. did was follow a couple of basic rules. Yeah, it's really so good for an individual to mm. empower them to be able to do something, isn't it? Yeah. So as you can see, by simply concentrating your portfolio in the top performing stocks on the market, you can not only achieve very profitable returns, but outperform the managed funds by a significant margin. Now let's get into the chat and see what other questions there are. Well, you're excited about getting in. You always love the charts, aren't you? So we've done RB, so we've done Mikhail. How about Evan, CKF, um, Evan, ask a question. I'll find the question while you bring that up. Okay. Okay, CKF, Collins Food Limited, uh, really interesting one, actually. I really like this share, how it's actually consolidated on a number of occasions. Look on the monthly chart, how it moves sideways um, over a decent period of time and then has moved up. I did it again here in 2000, and I'm just waiting for that to come up, 16. Evan so says he holds Collins Foods right now, and he okay. said, it's, um, I would like your thoughts on these. Have they been trending down recently? It's no, not, well, there's no. It's tri- it's been it's, up. It's like been on the up. monthly, t- if you're looking at this me- as a medium to long term proposition, okay, one month is down, but overall, it's you'd you know most of you are going to look at this chart and say that overall it's still up, right? Mm. And looking at the weekly chart, it's not trending down either. There's no downtrend on the stock. It's just that there's a you know four weeks down on the stock, so it's a counter move to the actual uptrend. That's all. A, it is at the moment. See, it's done it before. Here we've had a number of bars down and then it's risen. Now, that's not to say that it's not the end of the uptrend. We don't know that for sure whether this is the end of the uptrend or not, but you'd be able to get a nice little 
trend line up that rise to see whether it's actually trying to find support on that trend line or whether it's actually gone through the trend line. So this is the interesting part of the study. And look, you know, I've back-tested lots of stocks in the past before, and I can tell you that the interesting thing about this stock is that there's no major decline on the share that you would be able to properly road test the rules on it anyway, because looking at it, it's just largely gone up except for a few um, declines here within these sideways moves. So looking at the stock, I would say the trend's still up and um, until it proves otherwise, you'd be running with it. Or if you had different rules for the stock, then perhaps mm. you may um, decide to be looking to exit on different rules because it's mm. not just trend lines. As we said before, there's a whole lot of other rules as well that you can use mm. uh, and looking at that, it's um, okay. holding it around, what is it, $9.39 at the moment. Okay, let's get on to Nick. Um, okay. it's, a, it's a good question I want to comment I want to make. from You bring up SDF okay. to Nick, and I want to go back to Ben. Um, ben Youngman says, um, I'll put my glasses on, in the world of stocks, the rearview mirror always looks clearer than the windshield. Uh, I think it's a great quote. And, that is cute. Uh, I often say that to people, you can't live your life looking through the rearview mirror on the road. There's a reason why it's so small on the windscreen, mm. and the windscreen's so big, because you want to see where you're going, not where you've been. Um, and in the market, you need to know where you're going, and that's what most people don't understand, is they look at what happened on stocks, and then make their decisions, like a stock's gone up 100%, so I'll get into it now, thinking it's going to do that in the next 12 months. But you need to be good at uh, determining where it's going to go, not only just in price but in time and how it's going to unfold mm. and and Janine I always talk about price pattern time not just price alone well that's so one of the reasons why Mike decided to go onto the advanced mm. course so that he's got the price pattern and time because the advanced course has a lot of the time aspects it's a lot in more it. of it in it yeah there's also there more time of the in the diploma course but we don't tell yeah. anybody that it is in there we sneak it in there oh <laughs> but anyway so let's get onto the stock for who was it Nick okay Steadfast Group, okay, so the SDF. Now looking at this one, another example of a nice one where it consolidates sideways. Notice the sideways consolidation here up until about February 2016. A nice trend moving up and then another sideways move and a nice trend. So this is a trending, a good trending stock, but yes, like the other one, it has not had a period of decline so far yet. So Nick, um, at the moment, I think it's just steady as she goes. It's holding there quite nicely. A nice rise above this point here, at, uh, I think it's 367, means that it's more likely to continue to rise. But there is a little bit of resistance around this level here. And if it does fall away and keep moving back and we see it um, you know, moving strongly back below this level with a weekly close or um, even a decline down to below that 350 level, we could see the stock end up back around here. So that's the risk with it at the moment. While it's trading sideways and while it's moving up, it's fine. If it starts to pull back strongly, then there's a risk mm -hmm. that it takes out that low. It is. It yep. is. All right. So let's go to the next one. We've got one from Michael who wants Santos. Okay. Michael so bring Santos, up Santos is a great stock. Um, and so, yeah, so he says, hey guys, I bought Santos at $7.78 and was wondering, should uh, it be performing better? Okay. Look, right. $7.78 is just mm. around this level here. Mm. Now, whether a stock should be performing better or not, it's not really the question mm. you want to be asking because, no. you know, a stock can do anything at any particular time. You know, it's the the market and the, the major mm. players are controlling the direction of the share. So looking at it now, um, it's broken out. And yes, I would have expected to see it move on a little bit further. However, there is a gap on the weekly chart here, which could be holding it back temporarily. Even mm. if it did come back to fill that gap, I wouldn't be too concerned about it because long term, the trend's still up. 
it depends on how you're wanting to trade it and that's the thing but I'd ex I'd be expecting it to head towards the ten dollar between nine and ten dollars over time so I like Santos um, at, the, at the moment it's um, holding steady okay so I've got another question this one's from uh, Vish one Nuth. Uh, okay. I hope I said that one correctly. Is this a stock we're going to be looking at? Well, it up? will be. I'll give you this near map. Um, N E A is near map. Um, yep. He goes, um, I'm he wondering goes. if you can please shed some light <laughs> on near map. Just want to know your thoughts on how this stock will trend in the next year or so. He goes, I have some shares in it, um, which I bought last week. Is it a buy, a hold buy, or sell? Thanks. Um, okay. Dale, do you want to answer that one? I don't know why you bought it last week. Um, doesn't. It's not exciting to me at this point in time. It's probably not proving, at this point in time, we've seen this huge move down right through to here, and I think you're really, really early in getting into this stock now. You're asking me how long's a piece of string, and I was chatting with this guy yesterday on the phone. You know, he was saying about different things, and he, he, he's, he actually rang up because he wanted to inquire about our uh, FX course. Right. Our FX and CFD course, and mm -hmm. he goes, I wanna, I'm looking at FX and CFD course. I said, why do you want to do that? And he goes, I want to make money. I went, yeah, but what, how much is money you want to make? And he goes, I don't really know. And I said, right. well, what do you want to trade FX for? Because um, he, he thinks that you have I, to. And he thought I, he had to. Now, mm. a lot of people make decisions based on emotion or what they think. And right at the moment, this stock really hasn't proven it's going up at all. It, it really has had a huge big move right down here. It's come up. So what and, you're saying is mm. it's, it's not a, a decision made on any technical rule. It's more a decision. There is a short-term mm. technical rule that could have been taken there to get into it, but it's a, it's a, a higher risk, it's a real high um, risk entry one. rule that mm. could have been used there. Mm. Um, and until I got through this mm. sort of level here, I wouldn't have been touching it. I really wouldn't have been touching it because a lot of people think just because it did that... Mm. That it's going to do it again. again. And it's not necessarily going to do that again. So, so it needs to get above this level here at about yeah. $3. What's that? $3.06 yeah. to, to start moving on. And if it goes yeah. below the low here, then it's more likely to keep falling. Yeah, so we're not going to tell you whether it's a buy, hold or sell. Um, I think you need to understand that yourself. So looking at this, we've got another one. We've got Mike Balin, who's one Coca-Cola. So bring up CCL. Coca-Cola. Um, hi, Janine and Dale. Love the show. Thank you, matey Mike. Great to see you on the show. Thanks. Hope you have subscribed. Hit that button there. Um, he's looking to enter Coca-Cola after a trendline and strong resistance break. Is this enough confirmation of a possible new uptrend? Thanks. Look, there is no trend... There is no downtrend trend line on the stock at the moment, but it has actually broken some pretty strong resistance mm. and is moving up. So while I do think it looks nice, there is a gap on the weekly chart, which means it's more likely to go up for mm. a couple of weeks and then eventually come back and fill it. Now, this stock has got huge resistance around 12, uh, 12.50, so it may peak out around those levels. It may go to even 13 before it does peak out. But what you have to look at is when you're looking to, to get into the market with a stock, you've got to understand how far a stock is likely to rise mm. with technical analysis. You know, what's the probability of it getting to that level? And also, if it does get to that level, is there enough upside in the trade to justify taking it? Well, That's it is. The thing. I mean, you look at some of the other mm. moves it's had over that last, this period here. Yeah. Bang, 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 yeah. bang. It's not reliable, is it? It's not reliable. So what mm. rules are you using around this stock to make sure that you're not just buying it in here and then seeing it go the other way? Yeah. And that's that's really where a lot of people do get caught. They see something take off. And I get people, mm. they go, oh, volume's increased, price has gone up this many yeah. percent. 
it's done this. I'll get into it, and they yeah, get in just point. before it falls away, and they do do that. So, but mm. uh, just be actually careful. Dropping. It's not not mm. rising there either. Yeah. Mm. So just be careful. Um, just making sure you get the right rules on it. Next one we've got is from Majid. Uh, hi, Majid. Majid. How you doing, buddy? Good to see hi, you Majid. back again. Um, we've got a couple of Majids that are students actually as well, but I don't think this one. Let is. me know if you are. This one's not, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, any thoughts on IPD? They invented, see, that gives you a signal, doesn't it? Don't uh, you? They're not a student. Um, they invented a cancer post-treatment device cleared by the FDA, approved in trials, still awaiting private um, payers. I purchased stock at 15 cents, but the price has gone up since. Um, Look, I actually that. don't mind this at the moment, given where it's traded. It's it's done this really, one of the things we mm. teach in our course is um, helps you understand where a stock is in its overall pattern. So looking at this, just because it's made a low doesn't mean that is the low. So you get to learn, is a stock more mm. likely to continue lower or is this likely to be the bottom? And looking mm. at this here, it's a nice little sideways move that it's had and it's pushed mm. out above this high here. I'm actually... What's the volume It's not liquid. It? See, that's the thing. It's like, not, It's not really not liquid. liquid. So it's a high-risk proposition. If it's got FDA approval, mm. why hasn't it taken off? Why isn't it up on yeah, $2? Yeah, why isn't it even more? But look, put it that's in context with ask. put it in yeah. context with where it was just before that move. It went up 40%. Yeah. So mm. th those little moves, you know, they look big. They look mm. small relative to where it's been. Mm. But uh, look, you know, if any time you were going to like it, you would start liking it now more than... Yeah where it was, yeah. say, back here, because it wasn't certain. There so wasn't how much strong going support. At the moment? If we have a look at the volume, I guess that's what you're wanting to see. Yeah, mm. A lot more volume over the last year, which is good for mm. the stock. Mm. Mm. But it's not high. You're talking about 2 million shares. No. Of, it, uh, that's why you could cents. do your dough in it pretty quickly, couldn't oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So let's yeah. look at, we've got uh, my producer yelling in my ears here, two more stocks, Dale. So who's got two stocks? Let's go to the bottom. And no, uh, look, nobody. Cherie Gilroy saying info on APX. Any info on technical analysis? So, Sheree, this one's for you. Is that the right one? APX? APX, Appen. Appen mm -hmm. Limited? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's similar to the other one that mm -hmm. we looked at before, isn't it? Where it's come off that bottom, mm -hmm. it's pushed up, but there's no actual entry rule for it. It's actually worse than the other one because at least there was a short-term entry rule. There is no, unless you could get a trend line down there, but some mm -hmm. of the um, students will let us know if you can. This is a much nicer stock. Um, in terms of the company itself, mm -hmm. you mean yeah. more liquidity. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a better stock, but the outside bar is just showing you that there is no confirmation that it's going to move up yet. And there's a big gap on the weekly chart. There's a bit of resistance across here, hence why it may slow down temporarily. So I'd like to actually see it pull back before, you know, I would look consider looking at it and then a move on. It's filled this gap here, which is nice to see. So, you know, I it could be it could just trade up a bit more and then go sideways for a little while. But it looks better than what it did, obviously, a few weeks ago. Paul Wilkinson also asked, he said he got into it at 23.50 and it's jumped nicely. A bit concerned on the gap. Yep. So, so, yeah, stock. same so, thing yeah. that I mentioned before, yeah, yeah, that it yeah. could come back and fill it. So, next one? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one in a second. Adrian Frizzo said he's been yeah, in Thailand. So, right. there you go. So I'm still him. waiting. Uh, he's still waiting for what? Oh, for the, the stock. stock code. Okay. Um, P, was it? P, 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 N, V for Evan. P, N, V. Okay, looking at that, it's actually pushed down. Now, this is the first sign that it could 
continue to fall. I'd like to see it close up this week. Mm. If it doesn't, then we could see the stock head back down towards the dollar eighty, dollar seventy-five in the short term. I don't think Evans term. says he owns it or not. And he's, uh, he's not. Oh, so he does own. He does own that. He does own it. This is Poly so. Novo, is it? Yeah. Um, so looking at that, gee, that's toppy, isn't it? Yeah, like it is now, very toppy. but it could pull back for a couple of months and then move up again. However, you know, you'd be sort of saying to yourself, mm. "What's my strategy to manage my risk right now, given how, where it's come from?" Yeah, and to lock in some profits. Well, I'd be having a stop loss I, that's on this. That's what I'd maybe. be doing. I really, yeah. I'd seriously. But we can't give you personal financial advice. Obviously, you've got to make your own decisions. However, you know, from our point of view, if we were holding the stock, mm. we'd be looking at uh, taking some money off the table. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's especially if it was it keeps going bearish this week and into next week. I think yeah. it's, it's some. It is a bit risky at this point, and hopefully it turns around and goes up this week. But you really do need some rules around stocks like this, matey. Uh, and that's what we suggest, very, very strongly suggest. And uh, But uh, right now, but uh, let's, uh, I think that brings us to the end of the oh, show no, now. Oh, so sad. It went so quick because, yeah, you, you only done half the show anyway. She's <laughs> <So laughs> just going to rub it into me By now. the time you got here. But uh, hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. Really, thank you very much for participating. Sorry, it was a tiny little bit disjointed, so... Um, we settled down in the end anyway. But if you do would like to see the show grow, remember to share it on your social media social media with your friends and colleagues. Also, make sure you put this show into your calendar so that you're back online next Tuesday at 7pm. If you cannot be with us live next week, we're always happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. And just remember to say to Dale that you still enjoyed the show even if I came in late. Well, that really does bring us to the end of the show. Uh, as I mentioned, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we have, and, and thanks for taking part. And we'll see you again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. But before you go, hit the subscribe button, hit the Come like on, button. Come on, everybody. Everybody has got to do their bit. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good training. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.